We think that the sustainability of the planet it will be the next challenge after the COVID. If we go ahead to produce energy with CO2 emissions and with fossil energies, it will be not sustainable for the planet. We really think that from one side the electricity mobility and from the second side the district heating, that will be absolutely the solution to keep the city sustainable. We realize that digital and sustainability, they are very close. So digital enables sustainability and sustainability is increasing and boosting the digital. One of the most important things for the company to have a digital transformation is to be very open versus the market and create an ecosystem. And if the CIO will try to do the digital transformation alone, it will fail. The digital transformation is so complex that the only way to do that is that we have to work as a team. Just take the opportunity, be very curious, and you will have the open approach to understand how the digital is changing your area. This is Sierra TV. My name is Hendrik Dekkers. I'm here today with Marco Moretti, who is the Chief Information Officer of A2A Group. A very warm welcome, Marco. Nice to meet you to everyone. Marco, you have a degree in IT Science and Mathematics from the Università degli Studi di Milano in Italy. You started your career 25 years ago in consulting at Accenture, where you worked for 12 years. Then you switched to the energy sector, GDF Suez, NG, and now for the last six years, you have been the CIO of A2A Group. So, Marco, tell us a bit more about yourself, your background, and how did you arrive in this position as CIO? Well, mainly three blocks. You know, at the beginning, uh, I would suggest we have a CIO. A lot of CIO were beginning the career in consulting. You know? mm -hmm. This is giving to you a very delivery approach and very focused approach, and you go to the speed uh, yeah. that probably you will need it in the future. Uh, after um, a lot of years in consulting, I was coming until senior manager's role. Mm -hmm. Then I was joining uh, Gaz de France that was opening uh, uh, the practice of energy in Italy, acquiring uh, an Italian company. Mm -hmm. I was spending uh, uh, four years as IT manager in the sales company of this group. And then when Gaz de France was merged with uh, Sweats, uh, which is uh, a company from Belgique, probably <laughs> you know, I was moving in uh, Acea Electrabel and Gaz de France in Angers, Italy, mm -hmm. creating uh, also in Milan, but also in Rome, uh, the third giant of uh, energy in my country as the role of uh, CIO. Okay. Uh, my organization was bigger, of course, than the, the organization in Gaz de France. And then in uh, 2015, uh, I joined the uh, HOA, uh, which was former the municipality utility in Milan, but now has become bigger. Mm -hmm. And in the new industrial plan, we will become a European uh, player. And uh, it's uh, five years that I am in this company and I am the CIO of the group. So tell us a little bit more about the group, because we, it's not a name that everybody will know. A2A group, you said it's originally from Milano. What's, what's the history and what's the focus of the company today? Itway is, is a merge of two utilities, mm -hmm. um, managing mainly the city of Milan, but also with a lot of uh, 
energy practice from the energy point of view we are a national player mm -hmm. we have a lot of power plants we were historically one of the first uh, hydroelectric power plant a lot of years ago when was creating the company hydro is very important because it's the first renewable energy to produce electricity and then was merged with other utilities that was managing the city of uh, Brescia mm -hmm. and then uh, with AMSA which is the company in Milan that managed the environment okay. thanks to this HOA today in the environment and waste management is the national player so we are a national player from the energy and from the uh, waste management point of view but we are we manage the city of Milan just a few numbers mm -hmm. uh, we have 12,000 people mm -hmm. that works for this company half of them are white color and half they are blue colors mm -hmm. and we have uh, a turnover of 7 billion of euro and the EBITDA is 1.2 uh, billion of euro uh, that we manage uh, half is mainly in the free market half is on the regulated market the last industrial plan that we developed we have the goal to become an european player mm -hmm. especially for these two very important area of our business so 12,000 people 7 billion a very nice EBITDA what are the drivers of change in A2A Group today? What is, the, what is driving you to reinvent the company one more time? First of all, the good news is that uh, the new industrial plan has done with uh, uh, 10 years of elapsed time. This mm -hmm. is very important in our industry. Energy uh, plans to manage the environment, they need, of course, uh, 10 years because it's a long, medium, let me say, not, uh, not long, but medium term. Yeah. Um, this is very important if you want to build an industrial plan with a very strategic uh, view. After the COVID, I think that uh, there is another very important challenge that we have to discuss with. The 22nd of April last week was the Earth Day. You know, it's, a very, it's very, very important, a lot of followers. And we think that the sustainability of the planet, mm -hmm. it will be the next challenge after the COVID that we have in any case to address. It was already a very important po point before the COVID. It will turn back as important point after the COVID. Mm -hmm. So in our 10 years industrial plan, we have developed basically uh, to become a European player, uh, uh, accelerating our strategy in two pillars, both of them in the sustainability area. Okay. The first, it will be in the energy, because we are an energy company, it will be to go versus renewable energy. We will double our capacity of renewable, that it is not only hydroelectric, but of course solar and wind and all of the other possibly to produce energy. That is very important because uh, if we go ahead to produce energy with CO2 emissions and with fossil energies, it would be not sustainable for the planet. And the second pillar is very important and is our characteristic because we are the national player in Italy, that it will be in the circular economy. What does it mean? It means that uh, waste must be differentiated, first of all, in uh, paper, in glass, in plastic, and uh, the urban waste that we produce every day. Mm -hmm. And when it is differentiated, it's very important to have plants that will keep this as a circular approach and then returns back to be consumed. So the glass returns back in uh, bottles, the, the urban waste turns back in fertilizer and uh, in biogas and other forms of energy. And the paper returns back as paper and the plastic as object of plastic. This is uh, an example of the bottle that we have in our company, uh, mm -hmm. rather than the plastic bottles in order to uh, avoid as much as possible to produce the plastic. And so this is very important. How we can do that? You need plants. Mm -hmm. And you need the plants that keep each one of these four and are able to let them return back uh, to be reused uh, 
uh, in, in, our, in our economy. And this is very important. We will double our capacity to use this. And uh, already today, HOA is a company with zero landfill. In any case, there are no waste that goes in the landfills. You know that in a lot of countries, mm -hmm. also maybe in Europe, but of course in the world, there are a lot of countries still based on landfill. Yep. And this is uh, unacceptable, I think, for our planet. Okay, so, so this uh, 10 years in industrial plan is focused on these two pillars. So many, many changes for sustainability, which is of course very, very important. Renewable energy and then waste management, circular economy. So. Uh, how does IT support that? What, is, what are the changes that you need to make within uh, IT to, uh, to support this big transformation of the organization? Well, we really think about uh, it is not just a perception because we developed a 10 years digital transformation plan very aligned on this industrial plan. Mm -hmm. And uh, we realized that it was already planable that the digital and sustainability, they are very close. Okay. So digital enables sustainability and sustainability is increasing and boosting the digital. So in this industrial plan, we have a 16 billion of euro of investment in 10 years. Oh. And in these 16 that are in these two pillars, 2.8 billion, they are focused on technology. And of course, the, let me say, the, the larger, wider part of technology that includes also the smart grids and some very important technologies to manage the energy. Half of this, half of this 2.8, which is 1.4, is related to the digital technology. And this is very important as an enabler. It's in, in 10 years. And we have developed a digital transformation plan based on four areas. The first is the asset uh, digitalization. Every asset, it's a plant, uh, can be, uh, let me say, um, we have to enrich the data and create a digital twin of the plants in order to have predictive maintenance and to have, let me say, a twin of the plants which is based on data. And the second, it is, uh, it's based on process efficiency and effectiveness. Mm -hmm. Digitalization is very important as a booster in order to let the process go better because you have dematerialized the items and then if you have dematerialized something, you can create a digital process. And the third element of our digital transformation plan is based on the channels, mm -hmm. uh, not only for customers because a utility like ours, so we have also citizen that must be managed. So stakeholder management, uh, Channel digitalization is the third, is the third uh, area of our digital transformation plan. And the fourth is based on employee, because we really think that if a company has to be digital outside, as first of all has to be digital inside, and every, every one of our 12,000 employees must be lower at the, from, from the digital point of view and become more digital than today. That is a very impressive story. You're going to spend 1.4 billion euros over 10 years in a, in a digital transformation plan in four different areas. Marco, if you don't mind, can we talk about these four different areas? And let's talk about the digital twin first. Can you explain a little bit more so that we can visualize really what you're doing there? It is, in, a, in effect, it is not so easy, you know, to, to understand this concept because there is a physical asset. It's mm -hmm. very physical, no? But if you keep off the asset, let's imagine a power plant that mm -hmm. we have. This power plant produces a lot of data. We have more than 5,000 data every second from our power plants 
especially the gas-fired power plants. We are in a, in a big uh, electrification process, so we will change a lot of things. But nevertheless, these plants must be more efficient. We have a digital twin of, uh, of the plant, which is a copy of the plant based just on data. Mm -hmm. It is very important because if you have a copy based on data, first of all, you can optimize the maintenance uh, using a predictive maintenance approach and uh, creating a maintenance plan just when you really need based on data and not maybe every year. And the second is that if you have a digital copy of the plant, you can do also some uh, what-if analysis. So let's, let's look at what happens to the plant if we change this approach or if we change this. And then you can, before doing any kinds of experimentation of the physical plant, try to do a what-if on the, the digital plant. Now, the second pillar of your big transformation plan is uh, process efficiency. What exactly do you mean with that? Well, this is a company, as I was um, explaining to you, that in this industrial plan has to double the EBITDA. Oh, yeah. So at the end of the, these 10 years, in 2030, HUA will be a European player based on these two businesses and will have an EBITDA of 2.5 rather than 1.2, which is today. It is very important if you double the EBITDA, you have to double all the processes, you have to double the people. No, of course, it is not feasible. So process efficiency means, of course, uh, to, to do a business process engineering, uh, to keep uh, the company as much as digital, so light and very dynamic as possible mm -hmm. in order to be able to double the capacity of the company without, of course, doubling all the resources. This is a very important point because business process engineering, it creates process efficiency, but also process effectiveness. So yeah. that is a very important point which is provided by, by the digitalization. And do I need to, because when you say that, that does that mean implementation of new ERP systems or, or, or new um, basic uh, IT systems? Is that, is that what you're doing? Well, I think that the digitalization today, it's uh, creating a new, very important point. No? Mm -hmm. Not only the cloud, uh, that we as a CIOs, we speak about this uh, infrastructure as a service, which mm -hmm. is the lower part. But yeah. a lot of time we're speaking about platform as a service. Mm -hmm. no? So we're speaking about the pass approach. Yeah. So I think that in these 10 years, uh, every kind of information system, which is uh, uh, very strategic for our business, is will, it will be rebuilt. It will be rebuilt based on these small pieces of platform, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's, it's a way to, to build the system, not, not very packaged, and uh, so the same system that also competitors they have. We will build a system different from the other competitors that it will be, we will give something like a boost to our industrial plan without building custom systems because the custom has a lot, a lot of negative points. Mm -hmm. So as we look at the platformitization, it's a way to build the new information system based on these pieces that we combine in the cloud. And then we will build this in something with a different approach in our company to be um, scalable and to be to have more powerful than the, the old system or in the package system that are considered as the same system they have on our competitor. And I think that this will give us also the opportunity to, uh, I think one of the most important thing for the company to have a digital transformation is to be very open versus the market mm -hmm. and create an ecosystem and be able with this platform, not only to create a platform-based system, but also to participate in a platform, in an ecosystem, in an open ecosystem, mm -hmm. and to let it open this, let me say, platform also to the other players on the market. So your strategy is a cloud platform strategy that is uh, where you use the best of breed philosophy, and you want to use the best packages 
available in cloud and in that way create an open, uh, uh, connect with your partners and, and, and so on, an open platform, an ecosystem around A2A and with that increase efficiency and, and allow the, um, the EBITDA to double in, uh, over 10 years. Yes, I think the best of breed is the right word because um, if we consider the digital systems and application, it will be strategic in the business. In the past, they were supportive, no? But in the future, it will be something strategic. So to use a system rather than another system can create a different business performance. Yep. That's the reason why we prefer to have the best of breed in the CRM, the best of breed in the asset management, the best of breed in different areas. This is not only just a choice of technology, but also it's a, a philosophy that we use in the sourcing. Mm -hmm. So we, we are, in the, in the past we had some few players, and now in the last years we were increasing a lot the partnership with a lot of different technology providers using the best of breed approach. So you can mix the best partner in every area mm -hmm. and I prefer to have the complexity to manage different partners, a lot of them, but in the best of breed rather than to have just one or two that they will be generalist and they will do everything. Okay. That I think is not aligned with the, the, the concept that digital is a core. Digital is a core and is a direct enabler to the business plan. The third pillar of your digital transformation plan is the, is the channels, are the different stakeholders. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Yeah, so first of all, the concept of stakeholder is very important because we are half private and half uh, public. So we have customers, but we have also citizens because mm -hmm. when we manage the city, uh, we manage the electrification, we give the light to the city, we give the heat to the city. They are citizens uh, and some of those are customers. I will just give you a number. Today in HOA we have um, a couple of millions of customers mm -hmm. and the, in our industrial plan we'll arrive to six millions of customers. So uh, where we have three million of contracts that will become six million of contracts. It's a, yep. a problem about contract and customer. We will double the number of the customers. This is a very important point. And while we are doubling the number of the customer, of course we will increase also the number of citizens if we will increase the city that we manage. When we speak about this stakeholder, of course, we are thinking to introduce a lot of digitalization of the channels. I'm not speaking just, of course, about the mobile, because it's the mobile first, and then, of course, the web, but also advanced chatbots and all of the innovative and advanced channels that you can have to interact with uh, customers and citizens. Okay, super. Now, the fourth pillar is the, is, is the team, is the employees, is the 12,000 people at A to A. How are you? empowering them with, with, with new tools and, and with, with more digital? Well, I think that uh, uh, digitalization of the people is very complex, you know, because you have to change the culture of the people. Mm -hmm. We are a classic company. HOA was taking uh, 110 years just a couple of years ago. Mm -hmm. And so we are an historical company. One of the, the, the things that we were worried is that if you have to do the digital transformation, how our 12,000 people that will be open to reach this approach of digitalization. So we yep. did a survey, uh, we involved uh, 6,000 of them, 5,000 white colors and just 1,000 of blue color just to, to test also this uh, area of, uh, of our company. Mm -hmm. And we got a lot of surprises. It was a nice survey that we sent to every one of them. 85% they answered it. 
and this H5, uh, we got a lot of surprises. It is not true that white color are digital and blue color, they are analogical. It is not true that young people, they are digital and old people, they are analogical. And also a very important thing, there, were, there are a lot of people that in the company, they are considered as analogical, mm -hmm. but they are analogical just then when they work in the company. When they go outside, they will be digital. So there is a, the possibility, uh, one of the most important points that we have to do in our digital transformation plan is to keep all of this person and put on the middle the people that are analogical and to involve them, bringing them on the middle. Mm -hmm. This is very more important than bringing uh, the middle person to the advanced because we have to be inclusive. The digital transformation revolution is something that must be inclusive. We have, to, we have to consider all of these people. It is more important to keep uh, the people that are analogical to a minimum level of digital rather than to bring uh, the medium of digital and bring them to expert. And this is a very important and difficult job that must be done with uh, HR department. And it's uh, the technological part, uh, let me say, unconfident to manage, of mm -hmm. course. The, the, the human part, uh, the change of culture, will be one of the most difficult things to manage in this uh, revolution. So Marco, let's talk about smart cities. I know that that is a topic that is very close to your heart and that uh, you've even set up uh, a new company, uh, A2A Smart City. Tell us that story, please. Yes, just uh, one year ago I was coming in, in H2A. Uh, I had, of course, a big challenge to recreate the ICT function and mm -hmm. uh, create uh, all the digital plan that I was explaining to you. But in parallel, we had an idea. Mm -hmm. And the idea is an idea that I would suggest to every CIO which is listening uh, to put together the business of your company from one side and technology which is coming from the other side. And we just uh, try to understand what happens if we put IoT, Internet of Things, and uh, management of the city together. Mm -hmm. And then we, was, uh, we had the idea, was we started A2A Smart City. It's a company that was created by me in 2016 and that I managed for three years as a president and CEO of the company mm -hmm. and founder, of course, of this company. Um, the initial, uh, let me say, trigger was um, in the smart metering area. I Italy, it's very advanced in the world, thanks, of course, uh, to, to Enel in the smart metering. We started with uh, electricity meters. Mm -hmm. We have a lot of experience in gas meters and then in the water meter, we are one of the leader. And the main goal this is that uh, the gas and water meter, basically, uh, they are not uh, attached to the electricity or uh, they can't communicate. So how we can reach these uh, meters that they are most of all without electricity mm -hmm. and uh, a lot of time at the lower two level of the building. Yep. And then it was needed to, to cover all of our city with this uh, IoT infrastructure. And we had the idea, why we are thinking just to meters? Why don't we do something bigger? Why don't we do something more powerful that is able not just to read the meters, but we can also read the, the parking slot, we can also read uh, the waste bins, we can also read uh, all of our sensors that we can put in public parks and all of these things. Mm -hmm. And then we started with this approach. Uh, we covered uh, um, all of the city that are managed by H-Wave with this uh, open, low cost, uh, but especially low power IoT infrastructure creating uh, our cities like our, like our home. Mm -hmm. In our home, we'd like to create a robot, uh, a domotic system, no? in order to manage uh, the, uh, the different equipment. So why don't we create 
um, this kind of uh, system to manage our city. And then we had uh, the, the same idea. And then we started with meters. We tried to, we began to install uh, IP cameras. We began to install waste bins and all of these objects using sensors. They were beginning to give us some information. Mm -hmm. The idea of um, it was smart city. So it's to create uh, this uh, IoT, this digital twin of the city, taking the data from the city and creating a copy of the city based on data. At the beginning, uh, uh, the approach was just, let me say, to read objects. Mm -hmm. But at the end, uh, uh, what we did, uh, we organized five hackathons asking two citizens, what are you thinking uh, it's, a, it's a smart city? And the answer that the citizens usually gives to you is that smart means uh, uh, innovative but sustainable. Mm -hmm. And then uh, uh, in the chart that uh, I was giving to you that you can see uh, here in the video, there is a representation of the different 35 services that we identified that are able to keep uh, the city sustainable just putting sensors in the city. So we are speaking about, uh, for example, in the water, what happens if you put a sensor in a river? You will have the flooding advice. Uh, in, the, in, the, in the pipelines of the water, if you put sensor, you can prevent uh, um, the, the loss of water. You know that water will be one of the most important resources. And then going to the environment, uh, right now in Milan, we have installed uh, 12,000 smart beans. You know that if you, oh. you are working in the city, that let me say the, the 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 most stupid object that you can find <laughs> in the city is the is the waste bin, no? And putting sensor in this uh, in this smart bin, we give the intelligence to the bin. Every thirty minutes, the bin tells to us if it is empty, if it is half of this is full, and gives to the, to us the temperature. So what happened right now is that after three years of work, we have installed the twelve thousand smart beans. So every day we got twelve thousand for 48 data from every one of the beans that we have in the city. In the environment, another idea that we executed in some cities is air pollution monitoring. Mm -hmm. You can put sensors in the poles and to get the air pollution. And then the energy, for example, the smart building concept, when you speak about the building, you know that the building, they consume most of all the 30% of the energy to get heated or to mm -hmm. get cooled. Okay, optimize the heating and the cooling of a smart, uh, smart building, you can create a saving from the electricity point of view. And then electricity mobility. If I, well, I'm very convinced that the oil demand will decrease some in some few years. Mm -hmm. And then in any case, it is not only a problem about the oil demand, but it's also a problem about sustainability. If we really think that the city during the winter makes sense to have a lot of cars that are creating pollution, and or to have a lot of boilers, private boilers that are heating, we really think that from one side the electricity mobility and from the second side the district heating, that will be absolutely the solution to keep the city sustainable. In the electricity mobility, we have more than uh, 300 recharge stations. Mm -hmm. All of them are equipped uh, with a smart parking functionality. So the customer can in the app look at if the smart, if the recharge station is empty or not and then it can go and reserve the, 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 the electricity uh, recharge station. This would be very important, not only the battery, the battery capabilities, but also the recharge presence. And there will be a lot of other points, uh, security, for example, not only IP cameras, mm -hmm. but we installed some sensors in public parks to have the prevention 
of the fact that someone is entering. And the last I remember was creating the manhole, the water manhole. Mm -hmm. um, it, it's a, it's a, it is a sensor that if someone is opening the manhole, oh, yeah. it is sending to you a message. That is another example of product that has been created. Uh, the company has been founded in uh, 2016. Mm -hmm. After three years, uh, I reached uh, something like 10 million of EBITDA. And then it was too complex and too big uh, in order to be managed part-time by the CIO. And so there's been, an, let me say, an happy story because at the, at the end of these three years, while I was part-time, the company has been moved into the business. And uh, this company, I hope, will grow a lot in the next uh, few years. Okay, that's quite an amazing story. Huh? I mean, not many CIOs have created a startup next to their daily job for, for IoT services, for, for smart city services. Um, I mean, that's, that's really amazing. Do you believe that it is necessary to work with a startup concept and to create new companies to innovate? And is that easier than to do innovation within a, a big old company itself? Well, absolutely it is not easier, mm -hmm. but I strongly believe that uh, a startup is one of the most important point, a concept that we should uh, consider. First of all, uh, if a startup has to go faster, then the big company has to be separated. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, it will be very, very difficult to do that uh, with, uh, in, in, in the group with the same, without, let me say, a concept of a, a separated startup. Second, I think, and it's another suggestion that I will give to every uh, CIO. I think the CIO as an incubator mm -hmm. is a concept that I was trying, let me say, I was just trying to do, and I'm so happy that uh, I, we, have also an, we had also another idea that it, it will, be, will be launched soon. So I think that every CIO uh, that is managing its job, if every two or three years he has an idea and then he creates this startup and he do this incubator of this startup, then you can fail or you can go ahead with the success. The most important thing is to be very fast. Mm -hmm. to understand if you are failing or if you are going ahead. And that's, I think, it's absolutely a way to, to do innovation. Of course, uh, you will be more, uh, absolutely, uh, more speed if the company is also outside of the group. Mm -hmm. But if the company is outside of the, of the group, which means not owned by the group, uh, you'll have a lot of issues because you will be really, really alone in the competition of the free market. So I think it's a mix, uh, it's the right mix, uh, of course, uh, that you will be, you build faster because you are a separate company, but you are in the group. Uh, so you can, of course, uh, do it uh, with uh, the, the, the umbrella of the group that can support you and to do an incubator of these initial steps. Now you have not only used sensors in the city, but you also used that in, in agriculture. Can, can you talk a little bit about that? A, a couple of years after, uh, some small city, they were called us, okay, why just Milan? Why just the big city, you know? Mm -hmm. Can be also this concept applied also to the lands. And then we had a nice experience in Franciacorta that uh, I don't know if you know the white oh, wines the, the from famous, The famous yes, Franciacorta. <laughs> We started with this pilot. It was nice because it was an agricultural field of uh, of, of the white wine. Mm -hmm. We just put these sensors in, into the into this field, and we try to understand getting the data, getting the data from this agricultural field, which was the business case and the, the, the advantage. And we got a very very important information because we created this digital twin, let me say, of uh, of the white wine, and we reduced the twenty five percent of fertilizer. Uh, we, we applied something like the predictive maintenance concept to the same. You, know? you can reduce water, you can optimize this. And then I think that if you are reducing the fertilizer, 
you can tell that uh, the wine is more bio than the others, no? It's another example. So we, we began with this approach, uh, putting this uh, infrastructure, which is based on uh, an IoT, which is very, very wide. You just with a, a small antenna, when you are outside of the city, you can cover more than 10 kilometers. Mm -hmm. And then you can cover a lot of land. So we also covered all the Bolzano land. Uh, in the north of Bolzano, which is in Trentino Alto Adige, very close to the mountains, and mm -hmm. uh, not to apply the, to the to the wine, but apply to the apple agricultural field. Okay. And a lot of when you cover these lands, every, you can put sensors. The, the concept is you can put a sensor in this land without electricity, and uh, this small battery is able to cover for a couple of years. Uh, uh, the signal and information that are coming. So we created the smart land concept. And now we have a small joint venture we did, uh, mm -hmm. uh, combining the uh, sensors on the field and the satellite information from the space. Mm -hmm. Something that you can observe from the space, something that you can observe from the sensor, put all together and we give an app to the agricultural uh, uh, small companies uh, that are managing agriculture in 2020. What a wonderful story. I mean, smart cities, smart wine, that's, uh, that's quite amazing. Now, you told me that you're also working on a, on a joint venture for s smart data centers. What is this joint venture all about? Who are the partners and, and what's the plan there? It's, uh, it has been announced uh, uh, last week. Mm -hmm. um, in, in this case, we combine uh, the, the need for the group to have uh, uh, a data center cloud technology uh, mm -hmm. that we will use for our um, uh, part of the customers that I told you that will double the number of the customer. We choose uh, the Google Cloud technology to run all of our data in the customers. In the same approach, uh, 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 we, we created this joint venture. We signed a memorandum of understanding with uh, Telecom Italia, which is the owner of the data center of Google Cloud in Italy. Okay. And what we'll, we'll do with them, we will try to optimize and to keep it circular and uh, sustainable, the data centers in Italy of this company. What does it mean to keep a data center sustainable? Data center is very, very consuming a lot of energy, you know, because it's producing heat oh. and it's consuming a lot of energy. So the idea here, here is to, to create in each way a division or a company, I don't know yet, that will optimize at least 10 different sources of cooling or heating of uh, a renewable energy and all of these 10, because 10 because it's just not the energy but also the storage capabilities, okay. will be optimized in real time by an artificial intelligence algorithm. Keeping as much as possible optimized, as much as possible circular and renewable, the consumption of uh, energy of data center. In each way we have uh, a copyright uh, because uh, we are able to transform the heating uh, for example, during the summer, if you are a steel plant, you are producing heating. And so we can reuse this heat and convert into cooling, okay? With uh, an heating pump reverse it. So mm -hmm. this is an, an example of one of these 10 uh, sources that we will give to data center in order to be sustainable as much as possible. So there's a lot of innovation going on. I mean, you have doing a, a complete digital transformation plan, a 10-year plan where you're spending 1.4 billion on four different pillars. You have joint ventures with, with Google, with Telecom Italia, smart city, smart land. Quite an amazing story. Now, tell me a bit about your team. I mean, you must have a huge team to, uh, to accompany, <laughs> to, to, to do all of that. And how is, what's the, what's the model? What's the operating model in, uh, in your team? 
from let me say the 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 ICN digital we have 140 people and mm -hmm. it was smart city when i was uh, giving the company to the business it was counting 130 people mm -hmm. the, the most important thing is not just the number but it's very in the approach of the outsourcing that you choose the most important thing is to have the governance internal and then you can run the operational external mm -hmm. in the ict i have a mirrored organization i really like the mirrored organization with the business we have a four business unit i mm -hmm. have a four sub teams in my team okay. in my it team and in the business unit has two areas i have two sub teams in my uh, organization. Mirrored means that every area of the company in the business, he knows who is the, the person that is doing uh, 30, 360 degrees all the IT uh, work. I, I really like the approach as a demand and delivery approach merged, mirrored to, to, to the organization. This is the most important thing. It is difficult to maintain this team, of course, aligned that of course it's uh, the problem that you have, but you have the big advantage that every person of your team speaks the, the business language mm -hmm. and it's, uh, it's very, very effective as a result that you are giving to the business. I also have a couple of staffs. One is coordinating the digital transformation mm -hmm. and is uh, very important because the digital transformation plan is uh, so complex and has to give, uh, I forgot to tell it to you before, uh, the, the EBITDA at the end of, uh, of the plan, it is 2.5 billion, of which the 10% is directly enabled by the digital transformation plan. Yep. So we have, of course, a lot of capex, but we have to bring uh, 250 million of EBITDA at 2030 uh, in concrete. So this is the reason why we have a digital transformation staff, which is uh, every day looking at this goal and assuring the result, their final result. Okay. Now you also shared with me that some companies they work in a bimodal way, but you call your organization a, a tri-modal uh, organization. What do you mean with that? I think the heavy CIO. We in the last year, we spoke about the bimodal. No. So first of all, you have to do the operations of your company. And after the COVID, I think that uh, every company that survived, and uh, HOA, of course, uh, survived, has to, to say thanks to the, to the CIO that uh, was giving the resilience. No? So the, every company was able to go ahead with a global pandemic, mm -hmm. uh, doing the smart working at the percent, just because, because the CIOs before the COVID were digitalizing the process or dematerializing the process. So first of all, you have to do your job in the technology field, then we have the technology knowledge. I am one of the most, one of the manager who really believe that uh, the innovation, it is very difficult to be done if you don't know the technology. There are a lot of people that create confusion between uh, the cloud, the blockchain, artificial intelligence, or robotics, there are different things, and you have to do different skills. The second, uh, when we speak about B-Model, is change. So the CIO knows the process of the business, and is able using the technology to change and to do the business process engineering and digitalization of the processes. That is very important because it is difficult because you, the first step you have to do to know, to know the technology and the second you have to speak to the business about the process and you have to know the business. Mm -hmm. The three model is something that I think I, I have done with HWS Smart City and then I'm thinking uh, to do uh, later in, with other ideas in the future. In order to prove that the CIO is able to innovate, we must do that. And in order to innovate, I think that we have to do the incubator of these companies. It is a, it's a choice that we have. CIOs has the possibility to take a decision to stay CIO 
mm-hmm. or to do the incubate of the company and then to be the CEO of this company that you have created. So free means uh, technology is the basics and then change management and transformation from digital because it's a business acumen. And the third, in order to innovate, uh, you need to do an uh, entrepreneur. And one of the key points that is difficult for um, CEOs to do the first step is that usually we are very, very good guys from a technical point of view. Mm-hmm. It is difficult to interact with the user, uh, with the business in the second. In order to do entrepreneur, you, have to, you need to have lateral thinking, you need to have uh, relationships, you need to have intelligent, emotional intelligence figures that, and soft skills that are very difficult for a CEO to develop. And I think that this is the, the, the area in the third field that we have to focus on if you want to be free model. So let's talk a bit more about your role. I mean, when you, when you started 2015, you had to rebuild the IT team and, and come up with the plan and so on and so on. So now you have already made quite a journey. So, so tell us how, where do you spend most of your time today? Where, where is your personal focus as a CIO today? Well, it's a, a very important concept I would like to share with you is that um, I was um, also with uh, um, a writer that was developing a book, uh, mm-hmm. 70% of digital transformation fails, boom. Mm-hmm. No? So it's, it's a very complex thing to be done. One of the, the most important role that we, fi- we think we have as um, uh, CIOs is that we have to be influencer in mm-hmm. the company. So there is no way, we have to consider one thing, if the CIO will try to do the digital transformation alone, it will fail. No way to do that alone. And the same if the HR director would like to do that, the digital transformation, it will fail. Everyone, the innovation director, everyone will fail. What is very important, the, the, the digital transformation is so complex because you have a lot of things, technology issues, organizational issues, uh, change resistance, uh, technology which is not proven, management of startups and, and the unproven technology is so complex that the only way to do that is that we have to work as a team. Mm-hmm. And this means that you can't start from the fact that, okay, if I have to, uh, to need, if I need all of these levers, everyone must be under the IT. No, because this means that, that the CIO, it will become the number one of the company, no? So the only way to do that as a new CIO role, which is something that I have in each way, is that I am a coordinator of a digital transformation. I have the responsibility to be an influencer and to coordinate different teams that are very, very different from each other. Mm-hmm. A part is in HR, a part is in the innovation director, a part is in the business development, a part is under the CFO where there is an area dedicated to data, to tableau the board of the company. All of these knowledge are very important. Of course, the business is the most important thing and must be coordinated with a unique guideline from the CIO. This is the most important job to be done. So which is the new CIO role? He's an innovator, which is doing the incubator, and he is a coordinator of different areas of the company without uh, um, the possibility to involve and to consolidate everything in the IT. Because the digital is becoming liquid. The digital is something like a flooding. Let's imagine a flooding, which is keeping all the air of the company. Everything should be digital mm-hmm. and every area will be digital. So our role of the future is to coordinate all of these digital areas of the company that are decentralized and that has been flooded by the center. 
So you could um, say that the CIO, in your case, is you're the chief influencing officer and the chief innovation yes. officer. So, but I like that, chief influencing officer. Or That's chief, uh, or another idea is chief coordinating officer, something <laughs> like that. It would be absolutely, but the coordination and management of the different uh, heterogeneous team, I mm -hmm. think it would be one of the most important job that we have to do. Marco, what is, your, what is your management style? How do you make sure that your teams are successful? Because you can have the big ideas and so on, but then in, in the end, the team has to do it. We have to do it, like you said, we have to do it all together. So how do you empower your team? How do you manage your team? Well, my managers, but also the peers, recognize to me a uh, visionary. So first mm -hmm. of all, uh, I think the management style in this situation of a lot of opportunity, you must be visionary. Mm -hmm. You, it, it is very important to understand where the technology is going, where the market is going. As a part-time, I am one of the activists of Singularity University here in Milan, and I, I, I like to speak about my passion about the technology in order to understand how will be the future, which kind of technology will come in the future. Every one of his CIOs knows that uh, this world that we can touch today is the result just of mobile and internet, mm -hmm. but other eight waves are coming. And these eight waves that are coming, they are exponential, convergent, and with a very, very higher level of uh, disruption. Mm -hmm. So first of all, visionary. And second is, I, I am a manager who, I like uh, the decision making uh, uh, decentralized. So I, first of all, every manager, I, I like to give him some goals to maintain very, very high level, the level of control, mm -hmm. and then to check if the work is done with, uh, with, with uh, a very high level coordinate coordination. Uh, I, I don't like to go into details. I hate the details. Uh, I like the top-down approach. And if a manager is able to manage its area of uh, confidence of details, I really like uh, prefer to stay high. Mm -hmm. And the third approach is that I am a meritocratic manager. I have no problem to admit that uh, Italy is one of the country that has to we, we have issues from the meritocratic point of view because it is not so easy you know, to, to be sure that if you will do an effort, you will get the result and this will be recognized. But I like to be, the meritocracy I think is one of the solution that in every company, if you give some goals, if I trust the people and then I use the, the meritocratic approach, I am one, uh, uh, this is a value that I would like to give to my managers and it is very important to be done. And as first, as, as a management style, I. I absolutely like the teams. Uh, I don't like uh, the overperformer, uh, the, the personal one-man overperformer. I never saw cases very important of delivery done, of a result achieved just because there was one person as um, a single player. Mm -hmm. never, never the, nevertheless, it is overperformer, yes, but it's, uh, the, the, the situation is so complex uh, that uh, from the beginning of my career, I was uh, beginning to, to, to work in a team. And I think as a team uh, is, uh, is the only way to, 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 find, uh, to, ar to arrive to the result. Five and the last point, I really like communication because I think that success is a result of um, a result multiplied by communication. Mm -hmm. okay? You have to do the result and you have to communicate it very well. Otherwise, uh, it would be absolutely, it's, it's a multiplication, so you need both. Without a result, it is difficult to communicate something which is a failure. Yep. If you do the result, but you don't communicate, it would be like, uh, like a failure. 
Great vision on management. How about your leadership? And let's, let's ask it from the point of view of the people that work with you. How do you think you are perceived as a leader? What, what do you think your people will say about you when you are not around? When I'm not around, I will be relaxed for, <laughs> for sure. They told me, when you are not around, we are relaxed. So it's, uh, um, well, I have a, a, a communication style very transparent and open. Mm -hmm. You know that this could be an advantage to some people, but it de clear disadvantage to some people, mm -hmm. some other people, no? Because I'm very direct, okay? I'm very direct. I really like the numbers. Without numbers, I absolutely hate, uh, let me say, qualitative uh, evaluations of these kinds of things. And so this is uh, absolutely a management style, a leadership style. Mm -hmm. So uh, goal, um, these are the rules. Uh, okay, go ahead, I trust you, and uh, look at the numbers. and. Uh, this is very important. Uh, so transparent and direct, uh, I really think, because I was beginning in the consulting, uh, it would be easier <laughs> for me, but I really think that uh, uh, performance management and feedbacks are very, very important. My problem is that sometimes uh, uh, I am so, I give a lot of negative feedbacks because something that are improvement, Mm -hmm. uh, and sometimes probably it is better to give also some positive feedbacks, but um, it's a question of where you put your challenge, no? where you put your challenge. Um, as a manager, I like the organization where the challenge is very high. Mm -hmm. So this means that if you want to work with me, um, you will be tired, absolutely, it will be very difficult. But at the end of the story, we will do something that really makes sense, really is changing. I absolutely don't like the situations of uh, of people that are, let me say, um, surviving, you know, at uh, a certain <laughs> level without uh, without uh, trying to go up. I like the errors. Uh, the, if you if you fail something, it makes sense. Uh, if you do five things and you just fail one or two or three, it makes sense. It is important that you will not fail all of these five. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, it will be a problem. Okay. So you clearly have a management consultant uh, background, uh, Marka, I would say. Let's talk a bit more about your personality. Uh, we're using the uh, MBTI Myers-Briggs personality type as a common thread in our interviews. And so you have shared with us that you are an ESTJ. So you are extroverted, observant, thinking and judging. And that personality type is also called an executive and they possess fortitude, they empathically follow their own sensible judgment, they often serve uh, as a stabilizing force among others and they are able to offer solid direction and adversity. Now I'm gonna call, um, uh, name a couple of strengths of people with your profile and then you tell me if you recognize yourself in that. So uh, ASTJ's uh, strengths are that they are dedicated, they're strong-willed, they direct and honest, loyal, patient, reliable. They enjoy creating order and they are excellent organizers. Is that how you are wired? Absolutely. I con <laughs> congratulations to uh, to this MBTA because it's uh, there are different questions, uh, and so uh -huh. it's uh, absolutely. I recognize myself because uh, extroverts for sure. Uh, I like to see something uh, lateral thinking, something uh, upper. Um, the S seems to be that I have fifth sense. Uh, I like to have the sensitivity. Mm -hmm. I like the facts, uh, so uh, I don't like let's say the qualitative uh, judgment uh, thinking because I, I like to think uh, and uh, I like to think and I like 
like to get on the numbers to get the result of my decisions and I'm judging absolutely that is a problem because if you are a person as I told you I am very direct I'm very mm -hmm. transparent I'm giving to you a real real very clear feedback it's an advantage for someone and not adventure for others uh, the typical managers uh, from uh, the IT let me say that comes from the consulting and they were working a lot of years in uh, let me say um, companies like Gaz de France, like Angie, mm -hmm. um, like me, uh, they are very strong. Uh, I think from, as I told you, from the business acumen, what I would suggest to every CIO, which is similar to me, I uh, was doing this a couple of years ago. It was very, very useful. It was uh, a coaching uh, experience. Mm -hmm. uh, um, the emotional intelligence uh, is, I think, one of the key skills that is missing to these kinds of profile. That yeah. is the reason why uh, mm, a couple of years ago I was beginning to, to improve my skills in this area because it's very important to understand that you, when you will speak with someone, it's the, how, the, the way you use to communicate. And you have to be intelligent from the emotional point of view to, to have the, the empathy. You know that um, there is, um, in, in these days, you know, in this uh, month, a lot of discussion between uh, uh, the gender, no? so mm -hmm. the, the manager, the male manager and the woman. I think that in the in digital transformation field, uh, women, they are absolutely better than the men's because uh, as they have more empathy and they are absolutely, absolutely more intelligent from the emotional intelligence point of view. They are multitasking, they are more dynamic than the, than the managers. So we have to, to learn, of course, we are more technical, we are more, more uh, science, technology, engineering, mathematics, okay, but we have to increase our soft skills in the uh, intelligence, uh, um, in the emotional intelligence field. I think this is one of the most important things for, for a person with my personality. And how did you develop that? You said you had some coaching. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Because like you say, developing your EQ and your emotional and side is, is, is very important. How did you do that? Well, it's a, I think that the coaching experience is, uh, now is very famous. No? It's mm -hmm. uh, for a lot of managers that come from the technical area. They ask you to you questions and it's very important for us to learn to ask questions. Mm -hmm. my, my, my personal profile is more to, 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 to answer to the question. <laughs> yes, and to driving. So this is a job you are doing right now, okay? <laughs> uh, I, I am a driver. If I am a driver during a meeting, I'm taking the leadership at the beginning of the meeting. Mm -hmm. So you have to slow down your rhythm and be in, to learn to ask questions, to, to learn to uh, listen to the others. Uh, and uh, you will see a lot of improvement from uh, the management point of view using this uh, style of uh, leadership. Okay. This is very important. This is, you shouldn't be just this, no? because if you are losing all the others, it, we have an advantage as a CIO that we have all the backgrounds of the hard skills. We have the managerial soft skills and we have to increase from this point, which is the most important points, if you really have the first and the second. Yeah. Now, let me also um, name a couple of typical weaknesses. I mean, you already talked a little bit about it, but uh, some weaknesses of the uh, ASTJ, that is some of them can be inflexible, stubborn, uncomfortable with unconventional situations, judgmental to focused on social status, or they sometimes have difficulty to relax. Do you recognize some of these? I mean, how do you relax? Is that, is that easy for you? Well, if, he, if he, the question is uh, how we are relaxed from a professional point of view, and then I will answer how we relax from a physical point <laughs> of view. Uh, 
from the professional point of view, I agree with you. So these kinds of managers, but it's a, this is a, A2A is my first public company. Mm -hmm. It's not so easy to work in a public company, okay. no, because you have a lot of, uh, it's, it's, you have a lot of uh, political relationships that you have to consider also internal to the company. Mm -hmm. And so this is a very important that uh, if you uh, work in this area, you will learn to be very focused on this area and weakness. Uh, how I get relaxed, I think that there is another very important point that every CIO has, and I think that we have a lot of stress. Now, it is a very important opportunity right now in the market mm -hmm. because we are very strategic. Yeah. We can do whatever we want. We can go ahead with CIOs, we can do the incubator, we can do the business. It is easier for us maybe in the future to go in the business side than for a business manager to become CIO. No? Uh, so we have a lot of opportunity, but of course uh, our, week, our week is very, very full of digital and we are used to have a relationship with the machines, no? Mm -hmm. Because for our work we have to understand the machines, we have to control the machine, and we have to manage the machines. So what I, I, I like to, to be unstressed uh, sometimes is just in the weekend, I like to do digital detox, uh, that I, it's uh, something that I use. I, I really, in the past I was, I was working the weekend also, but in the last weekend, I really like to, to, to return back in the years, to return back in the past. Mm -hmm. And uh, using my classic cars, that are cars uh, from 1930, 1920, 1940, they are very mechanical, mm -hmm. very, very old. And so there is not at all digital, something that if you break, is because you are breaking, okay, with your forces. And so I just, uh, just n joking, but I think one of the other important thing about the CIO that has to be successful in the future and that likes to do the, the challenge and the, the, the level of challenge is very high, is you have to identify in the week some areas where we will be distressed or detoxed from the digital, because the digital is flooding your life. And we have to, at least some hours in the weekend, to be uh, isolated from this uh, digital okay. wave. And then you go and work on your, classical, uh, your classic cars. What, what kind of cars do you have then? I've, uh, my father was, uh, was um, absolutely uh, uh, passionate about classic cars. I have a couple of cars of uh, 1920, uh, uh, so it's a Fiat Torpedo, which is a uh, 1924, and then a Lancia Augusta 1930, and then uh, other sportive cars of 1950 and 1960. So different eras, you can see also how the technology was changing a lot from mm -hmm. a very, very mechanical things and then with some electronic parts and now the cars that are 100% automatic so you, 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 can't, you can't open <laughs> nothing in the engine. Now so. it's a computer on wheels, right? Uh, uh, car. So uh, let's talk about your values, uh, Marco. I understand that you have two sons, 15 and 19 year uh, old boys, two boys uh, growing up. What are the values that you pass on to them? How do you want to see them grow up what are the most important values uh, in your life? Well, one of the most important is the, the meritocracy I was speaking before. Mm -hmm. um, nevertheless, some situation that you can touch every day, I'm absolutely sure that uh, if you really are convinced about one thing and you put an effort uh, and you will be very, very concretely uh, working on something, you will get the result, mm -hmm. okay? And so this is very important. So uh, I was giving them this value. Uh, 19 guy, which is Lorenzo, is now uh, was uh, successful to be um, in the University of Bocconi. He likes the. I was I was trying to convince him to become <laughs> an engineer, but I was failing. So, and so now he, would, he will do economics. Uh, and the, the second value is 
it is not important. You have to do something that you like, mm -hmm. because if if you fail, if you fail to to have a life a very very where the challenges put a certain level, you will have a lot of effort and you will be you will work a lot of hours. This means that uh, it is strongly needed that you like the work that you will do. Otherwise, it would be very very absolutely difficult. And the the third value is the family. Um, I, I like my family. Uh, it's it's a very important to have a family because otherwise, if you are a good manager, you need to have something uh, private that it will create it to you. Um, well, your personal life as a family is a booster, which is very important to motivate yourself uh, every day. I think this is very very important. And the the, the last is internationalization. Of mm -hmm. course, I was beginning my career in a global consulting company in the United States. It was my first assignment. I personally think that uh, every manager should be international because you can you can meet different cultures, different people, and everything which is different, everything which is heterogeneous, it will be a value. And this is absolutely one of the most important things. And so all of these two guys, they already are in an upset to they already are in a set to go to go in foreign countries. Okay, super. Now. Do you have a personal mantra? If you have to make a decision uh, or something, uh, what, what's the mantra that, that helps you uh, in your life? Well, Teddy Roosevelt, you know, um, that I return back on the arrows. No? Well, the mantra is, if you have to take a decision, no? uh, first thing that you can do is to take the right decision. Okay, we are, everyone is happy. The second is to take the wrong decision. But uh, the, the worst thing that you can do is, uh, is to do nothing, okay? So I think that we are full, uh, uh, we are, there are a lot of managers, they, they, they never fail because they, they, they don't act, okay? <laughs> it is very easy, it is easy, if you do nothing, you will never fail, no? So this Roosevelt mantra can be summarized, okay, let's do that, try. Try to do that. One which is the most important thing for a CIO that should be innovative is uh, to have the idea to start uh, small uh, with a pilot, uh, with a minimum viable product, something like that, and to be very fast to scale or to fail. Mm -hmm. it is, the, the key point is to discover as soon as possible, okay, this is wrong, okay, it is very important to be very fast to understand that it is wrong and then to change the path. If you are successful and then you do um, scale faster, then you can, you can go ahead and, uh, and think about a big company or think about a big idea. Marco, did you have important people in your life that you look up to, that have guided you, uh, mentors in your life that, uh, that have helped you? Well, I really like, uh, I really like uh, Elon Musk. Mm -hmm. If uh, someone has to, if you'd like to read the book, uh, I think the Elon Musk life is something or just at the beginning because he's uh, still very active. So yeah. uh, what I like uh, of Elon Musk is that uh, he has two things, of course he is absolutely a leader more than me, but he has two things that have in common. Of course I am a small Elon Musk, I'm <laughs> be clear. Uh, he is a visionary, but he is able to do what he, he, he tells. So uh, just a lot of years ago, no one was believing uh, to this man that was telling, I will create the electricity cars, okay? And the battery, I will create the battery that will run for 500 kilometers without be charged. And then he was telling that, uh, okay, I will create a Neuralink. I will read what we are thinking. And then, okay, I will go to the moon, I will go to Mars, you know? And then SpaceX absolutely now is going down. So I think that it is not so easy, it's unique to find a, a person which is visionary, 
but he's doing the things. So he is realizing. So in two words, uh, it's innovation delivered. Mm -hmm. It's very important because you can have a lot of ideas. We Italians, we are used to have a lot <laughs> of ideas. We have a small problem in the execution. <laughs> so that is a key point. And so this is the reason why the execution is the most difficult thing to be done. And so it's, uh, I, like, I like this, uh, this um, um, let me say, personal style of Elon Musk. And I think it will be absolutely one of the important uh, person of the future. I don't know what he will do in details, mm -hmm. but uh, I think it will be something, uh, someone that uh, it will be very important for our future. Now, Marco, you're clearly very successful CIO, very innovative but we have all made our mistakes on, uh, on, on the way to success. So would you mind sharing uh, with us uh, what was maybe one of your most brilliant failures? Uh, where did you really fail and fail hard and, and how did you overcome that and what did you learn from that? Okay, from, from the IT side, uh, uh, as I told you, the 70% of digital transformation fails, but if you mm -hmm. go back, uh, to the, to the IT projects, uh, I think that 30-35% of the project can fail. In my company, in 8 way, I failed a free project and I was uh, going uh, fine with 27. So I am very, very, I've been very lucky, mm -hmm. but free project I was failing. Before this, I was failing other two projects. In the consulting, I was failing other two of, of free projects. Mm -hmm. um, I remember a big uh, uh, billing system uh, in the utilities. You have to do the bills for electricity and gas. Mm -hmm. I remember that was, it was a very, very difficult year. It was a failure. Um, so it is not so easy. It is not so difficult, excuse me, for a CIO to find failures in its job. In eight ways, Marcity, at the beginning we had uh, an idea that has been a failure. You know that, that there is a problem not to give uh, the um, fiber to the home to every citizen. No, there is an issue because if you want to arrive with the fiber on the homes, now you have to do work in the road, and so it is very difficult. We had, a, we had an idea in six months. We tried to use, uh, the idea was to use the electricity cable to, to deliver uh, the, fiber, the fiber to the people using uh, the electricity meter. Uh, we just arrived to 27 megabit at the beginning. <laughs> okay, now it, it is working, but attaching more customers to the same electricity plant that was going down to free. And then in six months, we closed definitely the idea. As I told before, the very important thing is to have the idea and fail fast. Yeah. It is very, very important to okay, realize, okay, this is wrong. And uh, the, the way we will do the, the, the business in the future is to experiment. Something like the agile methodology, you know, let's experiment something and we'll see how it works. So that is an example of a failure also I did in a Smart City. Let's get a bit more personal again, uh, Marco, if you don't mind. I mean, you had success and, and you have a nice family and, and, and so on, but uh, so we had a lot of good things happen to you in your life, but we all have our, our bad things that happen to us as well. So could you share maybe one of the worst things that have happened to you in your life and how that has created your character and, 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 um, and, and your personality? Well, I, considering that the family is very important for me, uh, one of the um, difficult moments in my, in my uh, life was when my father was dying. Mm -hmm. He was dying, uh, let me say, younger. Uh, you know that today, if you are less than 70, you're considering the young, but because the life expectation is going ahead. Mm -hmm. And then he was giving, leaving to me these classic cars uh, and I was not able to, to manage these cars. So, but if you're losing your father when he's young, it's uh, something very important that he, 
it's, it creates to you um, uh, a problem because it, it's, it's a problem. Yes, I was, that was absolutely the, the worst moment in my life. At the end, I consider myself to be very lucky because mm -hmm. uh, I think every one of us is lucky because we are living uh, in Europe, which is in the world going back to the sustainability. Uh, remember every one of the European, the uh, United States guy that we are living in the rich part of the yep. world. Uh, we, we, we should be aware that we take the 80% of the resources of the planet uh, are consumed by this small part of, of the world. Also about vaccine uh, in these days, uh, you know that the vaccines are going to rich countries. There are a lot of poor countries that they have nothing. So we are, we are lucky, but if your question is, uh, which has been the, let me say, the worst moment that is of course uh, related to my father. Okay. In your life, what is it that you love most and what is it that you fear most? Well, the, the best moment in my life was my two children, of course. I think uh, like every father, mm -hmm. when you see your, your children, you, you see something that from the love with your wife, is, there is a person which is coming from. Uh, I think this, this is absolutely the, one of the best moments. Uh, probably more than uh, the wedding. Uh, it is uh, say something that was creating this, but when you are generating, the That's life, right. yeah. I think it's one of the, the best moments in, in the world. And, um, and the, 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 last, the second question was... Uh, well, what do you fear most? I fear uh, the same as was happening to my father. So uh, yeah. I would like to avoid to give to my, to my children. Uh, I would like to, to help them until they are very, very, let me say, advanced in their life. Uh, mm -hmm to have at least a number of years in order to be sure that they are absolutely, absolutely uh, okay. Uh, they are fine. There is nothing uh, which is not done. So Marco, what is your advice that you would give to other CIOs with their, uh, with their efforts and with their uh, transformation that they're going through? Well, I think that uh, can be summarized that CIOs, this is our moment, mm -hmm. okay? So we have the, an, a unique opportunity uh, thanks to the fact that we manage the technology, we know the technology, we know the business of the company, and so we are the, the best manager that it's a question of attitude. So if we open up our mind and we think in lateral thinking, we are one of the best managers, we can do the innovation in the company. Mm -hmm. I will suggest to every CIO to take this opportunity. Of course, it is a challenge. It is very, very difficult. For me, it was absolutely very difficult to be part-time CIO and part-time to be an incubator or a founder of a startup. Mm -hmm. But at the end of this, let me say this, this path, you will get uh, a very, very important uh, uh, results uh, uh, also from what you really think you can be able to do. Mm -hmm. So this is our moment. It is very important to communicate this to our CEO uh, and to tell to them, let's bet on CIO, you have your manager in your company, please bet on him and give him uh, the, the possibility to create something. And so this is our moment. It's a uh, uh, absolutely situation where the, go the world is going uh, that needs our knowledge and needs our attitude. So let's do that. So Marco, um, last question of this, uh, of this interview. Uh, of this wonderful conversation is um, many young people are watching these, uh, these leadership deep dive videos. And so what is the advice that you would give to ambitious professionals that also want to develop a career and uh, want to be the uh, CIO of a, of a big company like yours? 
Well, last week uh, I participated uh, here in Milan to an initiative. It's uh, the third year that I participated, which is STEM in the city. Okay. Mm -hmm. So STEM stands for science, technology, engineering, and mathematics. So my advice to all the younger professionals, but also to not younger, that they are not or they don't feel comfortable with the digital arena, is that uh, the digital is very fluiding in every in every area. So uh, in the past, it was necessary, absolutely mandatory to be engineer. Don't worry about that. Now digital is flooding in every area. Mm -hmm. If you just look at the technologies that are coming, every one of these technologies which is coming, it is convergent with an area of, uh, let me say, different disciplines. For example, um, uh, the, the digital uh, neurotechnology, you know that the vaccine is done with uh, uh, an informatic code but is biology is proving that also the biology which is something very very analogical has become digital if you want to understand the artificial intelligence you need to have some psychology skills if you want to understand big data you need the statistical skills if you want to understand something about uh, the virtual augmented reality you need some optical skills all every one of these different technology they need an area which is an enlarged STEM area mm -hmm. where everyone can have a role. So what is very important is that if you are a person that you are skilled in some area which is close to one technology which is flooding in your area, just take the opportunity, be very curious, try to understand how the digital is coming. Remember that the digital is easier to be understood than in the past. The cost is lower, that is digital is not so much capex intensive and what is very important is that you will be curious and you will have the open approach to understand how the digital is changing your area and whatever area it exists if you are as i told uh, before uh, psychology you, you you can understand something in artificial intelligence ethics field more than me mm -hmm. so every area is becoming digital so please be open and if you are open and you would like to understand how the digital is flooding your area, you can have opportunities to be one of the actors and to be a change enablers also. Nevertheless, you are not the typical digital engineer uh, that usually uh, works uh, a role in this field. Okay, great. So Marco, with that, I would like you to uh, thank you for sharing all your ideas, your stories, your passion. Uh, and I look forward to uh, meeting you face to face uh, very soon, uh, hopefully in Milan, so that we can have, uh, that we can crack a good bottle of Francia Corta together. I would really appreciate that. Thank you so much. Uh, nice, nice to meet you, Milan, when this COVID uh, will finish it. Okay. Ciao, ciao for now. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.